How's everyone doing this morning? Let me see you smile. Everybody smile at me. <laughs> We're going to talk about faithfulness this morning, uh, being faithful and the faithfulness of the Lord. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 to start us off here. And we're going to, go, we're going to read in verses 20 through uh, 26. If you want to read along with me, Acts chapter 1, verses 20 <coughs> through 26. It says, starting in verse 20, it says, For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time, can you say all the time? All the time that the Lord Jesus went in, went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. One of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two, young, two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. In verse 26, it says, And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he, is no, he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Amen. So there was a, a prophecy in the book of Psalms about an apostle that would betray Jesus and then need to be replaced. Uh, this is, of course, as we know, talking about Judas. Uh, what is happening here is that it's after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There were about 120 disciples in the upper room. And with Peter leading this conversation in this passage, uh, they said, hey, we need to replace Judas according to the scriptures and that which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas. So uh, they begin to pray about this uh, and, and who this is going to be and take part in the ministry and then who is going to be elevated into apostleship. All right, so this wasn't just, you know, like someone that was going to serve, you know, help out here and there. All right, this was someone that was, get, was going to be given the authority of apostleship right there with Peter uh, and James and John and all the 11. So uh, Judas hung himself, and now someone is going to be elevated into that position. All right, so the scriptures that we have read this morning, it shows us that the qualifications for this new person to replace Judas was that this person had to have been with Jesus and with us, they said, from the time Jesus was baptized uh, through the resurrection and up until the ascension of Jesus. All right, and it says there were uh, two men that had met these qualifications. That, that was Justice and Matthias. And it says in verse 22, one of these men must become with, with us a witness to the resurrection. All right, so uh, this is what's taking place. And then it's kind of funny here uh, when you really look at it and, and, and think about it because 
all this is going on. And then to determine who this person would be, it says that they cast lots. All right, uh, many who uh, study the scriptures, they believe that this could be like a, a rolling of the dice, this casting lot. Some say it may be more like a flipping of the coin, um, you know, type act. It's this casting of lots. And remember, this is to choose, to choose one of the 12 apostles. Like this is not a backyard baseball game. It's really funny. I mean, it's, it's like uh, let's choose a new apostle to replace Judas, okay, uh, any, many, money, mo, or like picking straws, you know, but it's, you know, they trusted the Lord, uh, even in a rolling of the dice type manner, you know, saying, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, uh, which one of these two uh, you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship, they said, Lord, we need a leader, so you lead us, you lead us, Lord, so they casted lots, uh, they, they rolled the dice, they flipped the coin or the stone, uh, whatever they did, however they did it, whatever, um, whatever it looked like, and whoever the lot fell on, it was like, hey, welcome to the chosen 12 of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, like one day your name will be engraved in one of the 12 foundations in the New Jerusalem. Congratulations. That's, that's, that's what's happening here. Um, but here, here is what we need to see, church. Uh, the real qualification for this choosing of one of the 12 was this. They had to have been there. They had to have been there. They had to be there with Jesus from the baptism to the ascension and every moment in between. What they were saying is it really doesn't matter if it was Justice or Matthias. They both have been faithful. They've both been there, so let us let God choose. And it fell on Matthias, it says, and he was numbered with the 11. And in church, we never hear about him again in the scriptures. Uh, you know, we never uh, heard about him before, and we never hear about him again. And again, what was the qualification? Why was he chosen? All right, we don't hear anything about his preaching. We don't hear anything about his worship leading or his working of miracles or his knowledge uh, his leadership, his skills, nothing. Uh, they were looking for an apostle to be a foundational leader in carrying the authority of Jesus and making disciples of all nations. And above all, the one thing that mattered was that this person had to be faithful. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He had to have been there. He had to have been there in all the ins and outs. The coming and the going, uh, the waiting and the advancing, the certain and exciting times and the uncertain times in the ministry of Jesus. They had to be there. They had to be a witness to Jesus, serving behind the scenes, never getting praised, never getting talked about in the scriptures. Neither one of these men do we even know what they did. But what we do know is that they were there with Jesus and the disciples through it all. They did nothing uh, that we know about to get them recognized in man's eyes. But the Lord says, church, the Lord says, when I'm choosing leaders, I'm choosing on the basis of faithfulness. On whether or not they've been there with me. Man looks at a lot of outward things to make decisions, right? But the Lord says, I know the hearts of all, and I look for hearts of faithfulness. 
hearts of faithfulness. Church, it doesn't matter how small or how insignificant it may seem. God will not overlook your faithfulness. Matthew 10, 42 says, And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Do you feel the glory of the Lord on that passage? Even a cup of cold water, he will by no means lose his reward. Uh, someone may never recognize what you do for the Lord, but the Lord does. The Lord does. You know, my, my dad, many of you know him as, as Pops. Uh, when he was pastoring, he said once in a message on faith, he was, he was preaching on faith, and he said, uh, real faith is not just talking and, and feeling and thinking and believing. He said, real faith is active. He said, our faith is not determined by what we do, but it is demonstrated by what we do. You stay faithful, son. You stay faithful, daughters of God, whether you feel it or not. You be there in the waiting. You be there in the advancement, in the certain and in the uncertain times. You keep praising him. You keep serving him because there is going to be a moment when you need to be a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ and his goodness and his power and say, hey, I was there. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I experienced it in my own heart. If he did it for me, he will do it for you. It's been demonstrated to me. Now I'm going to demonstrate it to you. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you feel like lifting your hands and you feel like giving God praise. And other times you lift up your hands and you say, God, you are worthy and I praise you no matter how I feel because I'm faithful. Because I'm a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. We got too many greenhouse Christians in the churches these days. They bloom in a protected environment only. As long as they have no wind and no rain and no elements, they are faithful. But when the elements hit, as soon as things may not be going exactly how they want it to, they are weak and they lose their faithfulness. But those that understand that God uses all things for the good, that he uses all things to mature and to bear fruit and to expand the tent pegs, they understand that I don't want to just be a greenhouse Christian, but I want to be a harvest-filled Christian that frustrates the devil, that celebrates the expansion even in the stretching and has a settled confidence in my belly. A peace in my soul that knows that my God is Yahweh Shema. He is with me. He will never leave nor forsake me. Hallelujah. And I feel like I may be preaching to someone this morning that wants to quit. That wants to concede and give in to the wide road. And if that's you, I'm here to tell you this day that we are not the ones that quit. We are the ones that partner with God to bring breakthrough, and we are ones that stand firm in the follow-through. Set your face like a flint. Put your hand to the plow and double down and double up and say, I will not stop reaping the harvest. Hallelujah. And I'm going to give even more of my life to the kingdom. I'm going to praise him even more. I'm not going anywhere because God hasn't gone anywhere. Come on, somebody. How many of you know he hadn't gone anywhere? He's drawing us close. He's preparing us for greater measure. He's restoring your soul, and he's lifting you up into high places. You know, we, we've been a church now for eight years. We've been talking about that the past few weeks since, since Easter. And so now I've actually had the honor of uh, watching many of you go through some really tough things. 
it, it's, it's been real. I've seen, seen some of you go through some really hard things. But church, you just keep coming and you keep being faithful, don't you? I'm so proud to know you and to be part of the, the move of God in this house and this body of believers because you just keep being faithful and you keep loving on the family of God and you keep believing each other and you keep standing with the Lord and you keep standing with this house. How many of you know there's power in showing up? How many of you know there's power in showing up? There's power in being there. There's power in standing firm against all this wishy-washy mess of the world and being faithful to the Lord and his word. God will overlook someone that is a lot smarter than you and that is a lot more talented than you, and he will give it to you. He will trust you. He will empower you. He will anoint you when you are faithful. The highest place in the New Testament church was apostleship, and all that Matthias did to get it was, I was there. I was there. And I can look back at the last, you know, eight years of us being in church and say, hey, I, being a church, say, hey, I haven't been perfect. You know, I, I may not have done a whole lot right, but I've been here. I've been here. I can look at my wife, Nedra, and say, you've been here. I can look at my brother, Wes, and say, you've been here. I can look at my sister, Caroline, and say, you've been here. I can look at Melanie Watson and say, you've been here. I can look at Alex and Sarah Matthews and say, you've been here. I can look at Eddie and Brittany Thomas and say, you've been here. I could keep going. I could go around the room and say, hey, you've been here. Hallelujah. How many of you know there's power in being here? There's power in being here. Church, don't bail out. Don't bail out. Don't give up at the slightest issue and and uncertainty. Don't let anyone run you off. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. But you know the word says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the joy of the Lord as your strength. Be faithful in the word. You may may read the word of God and say, okay, you know, I didn't really feel anything today when I read, uh, you know, his word. But then comes the next day. Then comes the next day and the enemy comes at you. And what's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit comes bursting out from you. And the word that you read yesterday that you didn't feel becomes a mighty sword to cut the head of the dragon off and raise up a standard against it. Hallelujah. Every miracle Jesus performed, Matthias was there. Every sermon Jesus had preached, Matthias was there. He was an eyewitness. He was there. Because you see, if someone said, "Hey, I, you know, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know if I believe Jesus healed all those lepers," you know, I, I'm not sure if I believe that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I, I don't know about all these things that Jesus did with food and you know, uh, water into wine, and I don't know if I believe Jesus was raised from the dead and on the third day and showed Thomas his nail marks and ascended into heaven. Then here comes Matthias. Here comes Matthias through the crowd and making the only contribution we know of in the kingdom. And he says, hey, I was there. I was there. I saw it. I know it's real. I know it's real because I saw it with my own eyes. I was there. I was faithful. And now I'm a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, church, I, I, um, I was thinking um, this past week how much I love old people. Don't you love some old folks? You know, there's something about those older folks with gray hairs. There's just something about them. I, you know, I've been getting a few gray hairs in my beard. 
over the last couple of years, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of starting to shimmer just a little bit. And even though it's probably, probably stress, I tell my kids that it's wisdom. So you got to listen to me. I got some wisdom growing now. You got to listen to what I say. But there's something about the older saints. Uh, you know, they don't get too stressed or, or too overwhelmed by things going on. They don't uh, fall to pieces at the slightest thing because they say, I've seen the valley of the shadow before. I've been through a lot of life and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. They say, I've never seen his seed begging for bread. God is faithful, they say, when we are faithful. And even when we're not faithful, he is faithful. So I'm going to keep being faithful. Hey, find somebody from the older generation. After the gathering uh, today here in our church, we got some mighty older saints in the house. Can we give God praise? We've got some mighty. You know who they are. They're a blessing. Find someone, an older saint, and say, hey, pray for me. I'm ready to be unmoved and unshaken in faithfulness to the Lord, and I want to be faithful to him. How many of you want to say, hey, I was faithful? See, I was there in your house, Lord. I was faithful to bless and serve and love people, Lord. I was faithful to what you called me to. I was faithful to give that cup of cold water to the little ones, to the hurting, to the thirsty, to the lost. I may have not been the best at everything that I put my hand to, but by golly, I put my hand to it and I was there. How many of you want to say that? How many of you want to say that, church? Everybody may not know me, but I was there. And my family knows me. My church family knows me. And you know me, Lord, because I was there. Because I was there. Because I'm here with you, Lord. I'm faithful. I'm your faithful servant. Can we stand up for a moment? I, I, wanna, I want us to have some time to worship at the end of the gathering today. We're, we're, not, we're not done yet. But uh, can someone say uh, it matters? Can someone say being faithful matters? It matters. Uh, worship team, could you come on back up? And I want to ask how many of you, you know, can, can stand here today and say, I've, I've seen the faithfulness of the Lord in my life. Would you wave your hands at me? And would you just give God praise if you've seen the faithfulness of the Lord in your life? You know, and, and you, can't, you can't preach a sermon on faithfulness, uh, or excuse me, on being faithful. You can't preach a sermon on being faithful. Uh, with landing on his faithfulness. It's the faithfulness of the Lord God. Uh, you know, you see, when we are faithful followers of Jesus, then like Jesus, we are just doing what we see our Father doing because he is faithful. You know, and how many of us know that you can stand on the truth and the promise that my Father in heaven is a faithful Father? You can take it to the bank and cash it on in. You can take it to the highest mountaintop and shout it out. You can take it to the valley and declare it that my Father is faithful. He is faithful. And you can make a decision that in the best way that I can and know how, mentioned or not mentioned, I'm going to show up and I'm, I'm going to be faithful like Matthias because I'm a witness to his power. Because I'm a mirror of his consistency. Because I'm a revealing of his goodness and I'm a declaration of his faithfulness. It's humbling, I know. I know it's humbling and it's, it's a cause for celebration, yes. That even if we are faithless, it says in 1 Timothy 2.13 2, that he remains faithful. 
It says, for he cannot disown himself. It's who he is. It's in his nature. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's of who he is. Hallelujah, he's faithful. Hallelujah, he's consistent. Because of his great love, we are not consumed, the word says. It says, because his compassions never fail in Lamentations 3. It declares they are new every morning, and we declare, great is your faithfulness, Lord. He is not a man that he should lie, it says in Numbers 23, verse 19. He is not a son of man that he should change his mind. It says, does he speak and not act? It says, does he promise and not fulfill? So why would I stop being faithful now? Why would I stop praising you now, Lord? And why would I stop declaring who you are now? And you see, how many times, church, is it that the most significant way in which I can be faithful is by standing and declaring his goodness and his faithfulness and his word even if I don't feel it, even if I'm uncertain, even if I'm shaken or disappointed or waiting, I'm faithful by declaring that he is good, that he is worthy, and that his faithfulness endures to all generations. Hallelujah. Church, would you lift your hands with me across the house? And I'm going to say a declaration. I want to ask you to repeat after me as I say this. As we tell the Lord how faithful he is. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things. You've never forsaken me. You've never let me down. You are unmatched in glory. You are unrivaled in goodness. You are worthy. And your faithfulness endures to all generations. Now, church, if he saved you and given you life, start giving him praise. Start giving him praise. If his Holy Spirit is inside of you, start giving him praise. Start giving him praise. If he's giving you fellowship, start giving you, giving him praise right now. How many of has he given you fellowship this morning in the house? Start giving him praise. Hallelujah. If he's opened your eyes so you can see, start giving him praise in the house. If he sets you free from the law and sin and death and from the grave, start giving him praise in the house of the Lord. Praise him for faithfulness. Give him praise. Hallelujah to El Let him know that it's
faithfulness endures for all generations. Come on, church. Give him praise one more time. Lift the praise. 